G'day listeners and welcome to another episode of the Keeper League podcast. We're the AFL Fantasy Podcast that focuses on Keeper Leagues, none of the other formats and uh, only discuss players that are going to be relevant to that format. I'm joined as per usual by my co-host Kays. How you going mate? Good mate, yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Just uh, sitting here, sipping on a uh, Big Shed Brewing Co. Prison Bar Pale, the uh, Port Adelaide yes. Football Club Limited Edition release. What do you think, Case? It's not too bad. Pretty easy to drink. Uh, nice little beer to drink while podcasting. Not as good as our uh, Colonial Bombers Kolsch we were drinking last week. But no, uh, I did uh, did quite enjoy that. And uh, you know, this is close, but I think the uh, the Bombers beer might uh, just pip it. Hopefully, everyone brings a beer out and we can you know celebrate eighteen yeah. different beers. That would be great. If any beer companies, you know, if there's a Brisbane beer, a 4X Brisbane edition. <laughs> I know, I'd probably drink that. Bolter yeah. is from the Gold Coast, so oh, they could go. do a good one yeah, for okay. the Goldie. There so. we go. So, yeah. Uh, Let's get something in the works. Yeah, send it our way. We'll have a, we'll have a, we'll do a beer review at the start we of could, each podcast. Yeah, exactly. All right, uh, let's get stuck in. So, some breaking news this week, Kays. Uh, anything fantasy relevant? Well, yeah, a few injuries out of uh, round 13 in the buy rounds. I suppose with the the ones that are a bit more relevant to us, uh, Gary Rowan, he got absolutely demolished by one of your port thugs on uh, Saturday night and he could be missing this week with concussion. But the good thing about that is it might open up a spot for young Lockie Fogarty who uh, has been playing some pretty good footy in the VFL and has, he's a guy we've had our eye on for a bit, so hopefully he gets a run for, for Rowan. Yeah, as a Fogarty owner, I'm very excited for selection this week. I'm hoping he finally gets to call up after some of that uh, VFL form. Mm. Uh, Jeremy Howe, he did a calf, so he's going to miss two to three weeks, apparently. Uh, Matty Scharenberg is uh, touted to come back into the side for him um, and I know you're a Scharenberg owner I think I own all these guys these guys aren't good <laughs> enough to get a game uh, Isaac <laughs> Quainer is another one so um, who could be pushing for that spot and it'll be good to see Scharenberg back he's a he's a quality player yeah our right, Ratio Fantasia is a, he's a bit sore this week Kay, so yeah, he looks sore on Friday night he gave not much at all but hopefully that means that Will Snelling could come in you know he's been ripping up the VFL so it'd be yeah. great to see another one of these um uh, mid-season draftees get a chance. And we'll talk about Will Snelling's uh, VFL performance on the weekend in the uh, From the Two segment, but it mm. was uh, quite impressive. Uh, Jesse Hogan, he hurt his foot again, which is not good for him, but uh, probably opens up the door for Cam McCarthy to come back in. Now, he started off the season hot with a ton and then kind of went cold and hasn't been able to play a game since. So, um, with, you know, with uh, Darcy the Lone Ruck lob out, Hogan out, might actually make give him a few more points up for grabs there if you're, you're leading, needing a forward. Yeah, look out for big Darty McCarthy. He might uh, start uh, catching fire at Frio when no one else is up there to uh, oppose him in that forward line. So mm. hopefully that can mean some uh, points coming his way. Could do now. Carl Eamon and Dougal Howard, the thugs from Port Adelaide, uh, deserve to be in the prison. I can't uh, believe Carl Amon is actually suspended for doing something physical. That's just not in his uh, not in his bones. Yeah, he's actually now a fantasy guru, Carl <laughs> Amon. He's been ripping up the uh, the fantasy world of late. But yeah, he's gone. So uh, over here in Adelaide, it's all about Willem Drew. They're saying he's coming straight back into the side and Rocky's got to bide his time in the twos with um, potentially a few other guys in the Hoff, Sam Pepper and Paddy Ryder because they're also talking that Pete Laddams might take Dougal Howard's spot, which would just be surprising, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, I think they actually want to send a message to Hoff and uh, Ryder. For me, I'd, I'd bring Ryder back in just because we need that second ruck because that's what Dougal was playing on the weekend. I'd rather um, bring in the Hoff if I was Port because he's so flexible and he never actually has played with um, 
uh, big Charlie Dixon this year, and he was at his best last year when you know Charlie was doing his thing up forward, and yeah. Hoff was floating around doing whatever he pleased. I'm um, also yeah, just that backup ruck role. Hoff's not great in the ruck, and uh, yeah, but anyway, we'll have to wait and see. I don't think either of them are going to come in by the sound, so it doesn't really matter. And yes. uh, Rockliffe's having another week in the twos yep. as well. Casey, heartbroken about that. Uh, yes, especially in Rob around this week. I oh, need all, shit, my, forgot my, about that. all my fit players, <laughs> so I might be losing the fossil this week. Um, big friend Franklin, he did his hamstring, uh, couldn't get on the ground for quite some time. It was all over the TV coverage, but uh, Tom McCartan should be coming in for him. He's been, uh, you know, not really doing too much of fantasy, not even in the Keeper League stuff, but we'll be one to watch. He's only 19 and um, has a bit of ability. Who knows with a bit of experience, a few more opportunities, he might yeah, do something. Know, so. well, you're right. He's got a free yeah. month, month to have a crack at this side and yeah. um, see what he can do. That's what we do in the Keeper League. We look after we these do. Uh, lesser knowns. And speaking of lesser knowns, well, Harley Bennell, he's been on Waffle Watch for, you know, about a month and he's done his calf. So, he's not obviously knocking anyone out of his side, but it is just a bit sad that uh, yeah. it looks like he just won't get his body right. No, it doesn't look uh, promising. Uh, so close to a return and everyone was kind of, you know, keeping their finger on the waiver wire. Ross the boss should have played uh, him. He should have played him. Yeah. Oh, well, he would have done his calf in the AFL then. I wonder so. how many people picked him up, you know, a week, a month ago, three weeks ago, two weeks ago, and then it's just gone from, you know, maybe 60% owned to yeah. 10% or something like that. be surprising to see, actually. Yeah, there would have been a few people who picked him up, I think, but, oh, well, sucked in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you left to- uh, You win some, you lose some. Exactly. Yeah. All right, let's get on to the round rewind. Okay, on to the round rewind, the segment where we recap every game and talk about the Keeper League uh, relevant players in those games. So, Kays, we're going to start off with the West Coast uh, Essendon game. Now, polar mm. opposites this, this week with our teams. Uh, mm. Essendon, how'd they go on uh, Thursday night? We mate? were very, very shit. Um, I'm a bit worried about us. We're, our defensive pressure was just disgraceful. They were just, you know, running around doing what they wanted, the, the Eagles boys, and uh, we didn't put up much fight at all, which is very, very disappointing. We've um, seen that a few times this year, uh, early on in the season, uh, the uh, first few games and that. And, uh, you know, they come good and then they drop off in patches. So It's, it's you know, I don't want to talk too much real football but nah. there was a caller on SEN who said why is Alan Richardson under, under so much pressure when he's won exactly the same amount of games as John Walsfold Essendon have a better list and we're still shit so we're going to start the Sack Wusher uh, nah, hashtag not on this podcast that. I just want our players to actually you know show something for once so that's not all the coach it can be the player driven stuff too but anyway getting on to it Kyle Hooker my boy another ton you know you keep writing him off these key defensive backs but 116 from him he's got 300s on the trot now, obviously yep. it comes down to marks. He took 15 marks and had 28 touches. So, yeah. and obviously it's been coming in there quite a bit um, against some of the, or against the West Coast that came in a fair bit. So, you know, if you're looking at who they're playing in the next few games, they've got GWS this week. So, there's a fair chance it might be spending a bit of time in the Don's defence there. So, he could be a quite a reliable option uh, for the rest of the year. But it's not just that, because if you're playing on blokes like Kennedy and Darling, like they're I think they'd be generally tough uh, players to score on. Mm. So, to actually turn up in this sort of game is pretty impressive from Hooker. And then, as you mentioned, three tons on the trot. Uh, you know, I'm starting to turn. I'll uh, I'll start looking at him. Good, good. <laughs> uh, Mason Redmond, he's uh, definitely becoming one of my favourite players. He's 
just probably had his best game of the season. He had 91 points and 22 touches. He has been threatening. What's the good thing is if uh, you do need a backman, he's only 41% owned in um, ultimate footy. So could be one to snap up this year, especially if you're looking towards uh, next year, especially because he's uh, got a lot of poise, uses the ball well, uh, will obviously remain uh, defender next year. And I think, uh, yeah, 2020, he could be a, a real, real good fantasy player. Yeah, someone we talked up in the preseason. We saw glimpses uh, last year from minimal performances uh, before getting injured. But he's definitely got the pedigree, I think, and mm-hmm. uh, definitely can be a good fan. Uh, Dylan Clark, so he had 68 on the weekend after that 67 the week prior. Just, you know, we've got we've had three looks at him now and he you know, started off with that 100 and I think that, you know, that high 60s, you know, mid to low 70s is probably where he's at just at the moment with his role yep. um, uh, and in the AFL system. So I still think he's a great prospect. So I think if you can kind of get hold of him, you know, for not much uh, looking ahead to 2020, I reckon he might be a good play. But for the rest of this season, I'd... You know, I don't think you can be realistic thinking he's going to be tutting up a lot. It will probably be that 70-ish average. No, nah, there's no tagger that you can rely on with uh, certainty, I guess. So, you put him in the same basket as everyone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking at West Coast, so Tom Hickey, he did what he should do as the lone ruckman. He had 90 points and 26 hitouts. So, the West Coast ruck... Uh, Ruck stocks are a bit of a week-by-week proposition. So, obviously, Vardy was out last week, and now Nick Nat is uh, apparently coming back in this weekend. So, for me, I think West Coast Ruckman are a bit of a avoid at all costs because, you know, if they're playing two at once, it really chops out. You know, no one's really scored well when there's two West Coast Ruckman playing. Nick Nat's going to find, you know, he's a bit of time to find his feet in their yeah. side, and he's not never, and he's never really been a massive, massive scorer. He's been a pretty consistent, you know, 80-ish average player, which is good for Ruckman, but, you know, He's not going to come in and score, you know, big, big games and especially coming off a knee. So, I think they need a bit of time. So, I think if, you, if you're holding any West Coast right at the moment, it's a bit of a risky proposition. So, don't expect too much. Yeah, last year we saw when Nick Nat came back, he had very low time on ground for about the first month, I think. And, yeah, it affected all their ruckman the same deal. Yeah. Um, so, you just got to be, I don't know, if you're a hickey owner, I wouldn't be putting too much faith in him at the moment. No. Uh, Judd Cameron, so he had a nice debut, the brother of Charlie there, uh, had a fair few tricks in his bag as well, looks very, very talented. Seven tackles, which helped his uh, 69 from 67 percent time on ground. I thought he was quite good, so I reckon he might be a little stash. Um, you know, we, we're seeing his brother, you know, finally come up with a bit of a fantasy game, you know, yep. kicking a few goals and, you know, tackling and, and those kind of small forwards, you know, if they're kicking goals and um, tackling, they're good. Um, consistency and ca- consistency can be a bit of an issue, but um, yeah, look, he was a, a high draft pick and you know, might be worth you know having a, a long term view with. Yeah, he's definitely going to take some time, yeah. so you're going to want to oh, be able course. to stash him. Yeah, it's um, a stash for so sure. If you if you're in a shallower league, uh, he might not be one for you. But yeah, if you can, you know, you can for a deep hold, hmm. uh, it could be fine. And Oscar Allen, he did a couple nice things for his 61. Uh, needs obviously a bit of time as a, as a big key forward, but uh, he looks a likely type for that year or two. Doesn't look like one who's ever going to be a massive, you know, scorer, but could be quite a consistent, you know, um, you know, 80-ish, you know, key forward once he gets up and running. Uh, Kennedy's only got a few years left and um, he could be a big part of West Coast going forward. So just uh, another long-term stash there with Oscar Allen. Okay, let's move on to Friday night football, mm. Sydney Swans versus Hawthorne. Kay is another one you had a look at? Yes, and I would like to offer a sincere, heartfelt apology for anyone who listened to me in the preseason regarding Harry Morrison. Uh, he is absolutely devoid of confidence and playing horribly. 40 points from 65% time on ground. 
But his season best is only 67 this year. He's having a genuine nightmare. Uh, as I said, I apologise. Sometimes you get them right, wrong, even, uh, you know, great judges like myself. But uh, I think it's come... Uh, he's gone out this side this week. He's not. There's no chance of him playing. He was pretty stinky. And I think Jimmy Cousins, my boy, he slots straight back in after ripping it up in the two. So uh, I apologise to anyone who listened to me on Harry Morrison. Harry Morrison and Jack Bowes are two names I'm glad I don't have to hear much of uh, for the next uh, few You brought months. him up. I was going to go a whole pocket without mentioning Jack, but, uh, you know, four weeks left on the injury list. There's still hope for him left. You'll be out of the finals by then, so it doesn't really matter. Ah, uh, fact. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but looking at Hawthorne, they were a genuine train wreck in terms of uh, – Scoring, they had their three primo score of 100, but we don't care about them. Uh, Isaac Smith had 90. And then the next best, so the, the fifth best score was 72, and that was from the Warpedo. So that's how dirty a, uh, a night the Hawks boys had. Just an interesting one. Big Boy had 31 points only, and he had 24 hitouts. So Shit. he had an absolute mare of a game. And uh, obviously, if you watched any of the game, James Sicily... If he ever plays up forward, he's an absolute fantasy kryptonite. He um, He's no good up there. He hardly touched. I think he had eight touches of the whole game, even going back in the in the defence for the last quarter. Yeah. So, you know, it's a bit, you know, people have invested a lot in guys like Sicily as, sure. uh, as a key defender. And if they try slotting him up forward, especially when Ruffy's, you know, on the way out and they're a bit, you know, devoid of any, you know, forward targets up there, it's a bit risky at the moment. Yeah, um, well, we can get to a trade rumour, I guess, after this. But, uh, yeah, the last few weeks he has actually played um, up forward. Mm. So, uh, yeah, so that's kind of killed his uh, killed his. So, what's um, the trade rumour have? I thought it was uh, – you came up with it last week, didn't you? What was that? A Hawthorne are chasing a certain uh, South Australian key position they player. They are, yes, yes. Yeah, so what's your trade rumour? Uh, I've heard along the grapevine that uh, Darcy Fogarty has uh, had a bit of interest from Hawthorne. So, so let's not go too far into that. But if that does happen, then that mm. might – Keep Sicily down back. It would help yeah. his chances because, yeah, at the moment, they don't really have any big, tall targets. Mitch Lewis is down there, but he hasn't really shown too much. So, it might yep. be interesting to see what happens. And, you know, Hawthorne do tend to get what they want in the trade well, trade period. Let's just hope Sicily does stay down back for the fantasy owners out there. Correct. Uh, on to Sydney. Your boy Jordan Dawson had a, a ripping game. Uh, he was leading the pack. And to me, he looks like one of the Swans, you know, next crop of big uh, fantasy-friendly midfielders. Yep. Uh, 22 touches, had 11 marks, which is great. Gets around the ground and gets those uh, cheap slotty marks, which we love. Yep. Um, yeah, as I said, covered the ground. He's covered the ground well. He's uh, third ton for the year, so he's really tracking along nicely as a, as a kind of fresh one on the scene. And if you look ahead, the Swans have Gold Coast and Carlton in uh, their next three games, so could be a real time to cash in on uh, some Sydney players, especially someone like Dawson. We shit on the NEFL all the time, but when you see blokes consistently scoring in the NEFL mm. for like, you know, an entire season, if they're yep. playing the, the most of the year, whatever, you do actually have to take them seriously because that's all I based Jordan Dawson on this year and mm. uh, you know it's paid dividends so I guess if you if you just keep a, keep your on the NEFL scores um, just sign up to our Patreon to get them straight to your inbox each week yeah. and uh, yeah it does actually help having a look at them because even though we do shit on it and there's some huge scores mm. in there mm. you can find some genuine fantasy gems throughout yeah. it. Well if we go on the next guy you know Ryan Clark he's kind of bounced back and he had some good NEFL scores when he went back there so he had 93 on the weekend 20 touches and 7 tackles and I think that stint in the twos has actually done in the world of good Yeah, and I think with 44 ownership he's a pretty good you know uh, low risk back pickup if you're playing waiver wire especially you know with um, a few weaker teams coming up for Sydney uh, probably gets a bit more opportunity through the midfield not just playing that necessarily tagging role and one of the big uh, gripes I had with him before he got dropped was his tackling his pressure around there wasn't that great so he's lifted it up a notch which is what Sydney wants so um, he might be a nice little play if you can get in for peanuts as well yeah sorry just back to the uh, the needful point uh, mm. I think you've just got to subtract 
50 points from their average to get their AFL average. Maybe even 70. Well, yeah, because I think Clark was averaging 140, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so that, that works about right. Yeah. Uh, Callum Mills, he was one that bounced back with some good forming. He's gone back-to-back tons, 21 touches and 13 marks, so playing that nice, loose halfback role, easy, cheap marks, which is what we absolutely love and the role that we were hoping he was going to play for most of the season. So well, I'm actually excited to see what he can do for the rest of the year, you know, Sydney probably won't push for finals, so they'll play their own kind of brand and probably play who they want to play through their their midfield and, and their side. So um, I think this next kind of month or two is going to be interesting to see what his pedigree is like looking towards 2020. So, yeah. you know, he's one of those guys who, you know, you, you can kind of say they're going to break out or they're on that, that verge of going the next step. This is the time that, you know, you need to lock down some of these guys who are on the borderline and go, are they going to be the next, you know, yeah. good thing down there or no, nah, they're, they're not worth your time or they're going to be a bit overhyped? This next month's going to be telling for Mills. But, yeah, there's a few um, Sydney players, I guess like Heaney when he's mm-hmm. been firing in that. There's a few that Sydney need these guys to turn that corner to lead this club going forward. Yep. And I think over this next month they'll be given, I guess, more um, yeah, I guess more trust and uh, more opportunity to actually, mm-hmm. you know, play some decent football. So, yeah, especially because they've got a couple of weak sides coming up, which helps as well. Yep. Uh, and Nick Blakely, Blakey, sorry, just uh, quietly, I reckon he's a big lookout for 2021. You know, yep. he's the first year player. And he stepped out when Buddy went off in that final quarter. He uh, did some really good things. So once he gets kind of catches up with his body and, uh, you know, puts on a bit of size, I reckon not next year, the year after, he could be one that kind of takes that next step as a big key forward. No, I agree. I don't really, uh, don't often rate key forwards, but I think he's going to be one to uh, watch. He's going to be a Buddy reincarnation, yeah, I think. He looks the goods. Yep. Uh, Melbourne Fremantle Hef, what do you got for me? Uh, Tom McDonald. Mm-hmm. Wowee. Yeah. Uh, 125 points. Kicked three goals on the weekend. He was doing absolutely everything. Yeah. It's crazy to think he averaged 90 last season though, because yeah. his uh, average is so shitty this <laughs> yeah. year. But personally, I have no faith in him despite this game okay. um, if you think he's turned a corner though you can probably get him cheap mm. but I just think I just think these key fours just pop up every now and then with these big seasons where they'll average a 90 or something like that and uh, it all depends on Melbourne I think too in the way they're yeah. playing well even like Taylor Walker probably two or three years ago was a you know, yeah. high 80s average yeah. um, you know hasn't really hit those heights since then yeah. whether it's form whether it's you know people around you or whether it's you know your, your injuries and stuff like that yeah. it can affect you a bit look he's obviously got some super talent and I, I think we talked about it a few weeks ago I feel bad for anyone who took Tom McDonald so high because he really went at such a high ADP yeah um, I'd like to see him bounce back because I think he's a great player but yeah I think you're right he probably needs another month of good solid footy before you can actually start trusting him again uh, Christian Petrarca had 113 points from uh, 28 disposals kicked a goal too 85 average from his past five now K's mm. are we seeing a breakout here jeez you want more than that wouldn't you like, I don't know from, 85 from, from past Petrarca. five yeah I know but isn't he the one that's supposed to be, you know, the best, you know, the next big, you know, great well, he gets, scorer? He gets stuck on these high half forward roles. Now, I think mm. we're just starting to see a few more, uh, a bit more midfield time. And I think mm. that's going to increase over the next uh, month or so. So, keep an eye on that. But, I don't know, if, uh, if you're looking for, you know, some promising players for the future, I reckon Petrarca, you might have missed the boat now, he's turning up. But uh, I reckon he's one for the future we should actually be looking at. Uh, I'm still a bit wary. I kind of think he's kind of got that ceiling. He's almost like a Jade Gresham wave. He's had so many opportunities and... You know, just delivers. If you can keep his full stats, though, you're going to take a look at it. Of course, of course. And he probably will because he just seems to be one of the guys that, you know, just hangs around the half forward line and, yes, has his good games, but it's not really his good games that you're worried about. It's those ones that he stinks it up and gets 40s and 50s.
Yeah. Uh, Jay Lockhart, 92 points, uh, six marks and two goals. It's been hot and cold this season, but he's playing up forward and uh, he's listed as a, a back centre and ultimate footy. So if he can score like this uh, and keep, I guess, get forward or get forward back uh, status for next season, mm-hmm. it could be a handy one. So not saying go pick him up with any faith of that happening, but if you can get that back forward uh, uh, status, not too many players get that. Yeah, It'll be super handy. handy going forward. So yeah. just keep an eye on that one. Uh, Brandon Matera turned up this week kicking three goals. He's had 83 from his past three. Is he worth looking at, Case? He's 27 years old. He seems young, but he's not. Yeah, <laughs> I was keen on him ages and ages ago yeah. when he probably first started up our league um, when he was at the Gold Coast. And I always thought he probably had his potential to run through the midfield, but he's never really taken that on or have clubs probably ever really given him that responsibility. Yeah. Uh, I think he's just a good, solid half-forward flanker and you yeah. get your good weeks, you get your bad weeks. You know, he's probably a good depth player if you're, you know, wanting a bit of that in your side, but I don't think you're ever going to bank him in to be a big scorer each week. No, I don't think so either. And I think Fremantle have had a few favourable matchups in the past three mm. weeks despite not winning on the weekend. Uh, teams that give up a few fantasy points, so it could be helping him there. Uh, Sam Swidkowski, so 75 points, 15 disposals, seven tackles. What was interesting is he spent a fair bit of time in the midfield this week and he's listed as a forward so he's worth looking at as well um, I went back and read through the prospectus and read up on him and he's actually a really good ball winner despite being a forward for most of his career right. so it could be something that Fremantle are identifying saying oh you can win the ball uh, we'll chuck in the midfield and let you do some of the heavy lifting because you know inside mids is probably not their or, you know mm-hmm. tough inside mids yep. are probably not their uh, their strong point at the moment so there's uh, someone that could actually see a bit of a spike there and if he's listed as that forward manages to keep that forward status could be a handy one going forward forward yeah need to watch for a bit longer though i think i'd have to watch a bit more of him to get a bit of a grasp but yeah, yeah obviously tracking the right way all right on to the next game st kilda <coughs> versus brisbane yes so um just want to start off and say congratulations to anyone who held and kept the faith with dan hannabury uh he had a great return to the game he had 103 from only 69 percent time on ground so they are big numbers and especially in a big loss it's uh fantastic to hit those numbers just a big watch for some of these guys coming off long breaks their second up games tend to not be as good as their, yeah. their first games so don't get too worried if you know only puts out a 60 or a 70 because he's probably going to play low time on ground again yeah i reckon your third or fourth week that's when you're gonna you know start to kind of see some of the fruits of what hannabury can do so um keep the faith with him if you held him no, I agree. Uh, don't expect big things again this week. But that said, I said he was going to average 60 this uh, from this point forward. So, um, I could be wrong again. He could come out and get another ton. <laughs> Go tons. Uh, Josh Battle. Um he was only one point off his third ton for the year. He's a guy I seriously want on my side next year. He just uh, looks really good, really good size about him. He's, uh, I think he's 193 centimetres, and I think he's got a lot of fantasy potential. So he had 16 touches, eight marks, and seven tackles on the weekend, which is uh, fantastic for a guy of his size. He's only 64% owned, and he is that back forward, which you were just talking about before, yeah. Hef, which uh, I think makes him, you know, quite rosterable, especially if you, you know, you need a bit of, Gaps plugged here and there. Um, you know, he's averaging not too bad this season, and I think he's just one that's got oodles of talent. And, uh, yeah, as I said, I want him on my side in 2020. Yeah, I don't know if Josh Battle's going to keep that forward status. He seems to be playing predominantly down back. But, uh, yeah, I think he will be he's – he's that athletic type, so he can plug holes, take big marks, but then also run off, get a few kicks too. So, yeah. And now, the tackles are the big thing for guys yeah, of that size too and that exactly. kind of um, – position yeah uh jay gresham fourth 98 of the season so i think he's just allergic <laughs> to hundreds um as we just kind of touched on it earlier i just think that um look he's almost 
you got to sell him now if you if you're not confident he's going to keep forward status next year, which I don't think he is because he's playing a lot in their midfield. He's one that I would be kind of selling high as a decent scoring forward, I reckon, because I I just don't have any trust in him keeping his forward status next year. Yeah, nah, neither. Um, I've watched a lot of Saints this season, so I can't really comment too much on how he's going. But someone is always promised so much, but never really delivered. Yep. Correct. Uh, Hunter Clark, bit of a curious case of him at the moment. He uh, had 71 on the weekend and really should be doing better. He's one I had pegged to break out this year and hasn't really had the opportunity in the Saints side. But I think that they need to persist with him because he's uh, got talent, high draft pick. He always plays pretty well in the VFL as well. So he's got the ball winning ability, just hasn't quite shown it at the moment in AFL. What was quite interesting is only 24% owned as a backman. And I think that's quite quite tasty because uh, I think that he has that scoring potential. The only issue is he kind of is their whipping boy and when yeah. they get smashed, he seems to be the first one out the side for some reason. So, a bit risky, but uh, in terms of his actual potential, I think, you know, if you're looking for a, a stash or, a, you know, you're in a um, dynasty league, I reckon he's worth uh, getting involved in. Yeah, just another one that's going to have to uh, take a bit of time, I think. So, Hunter Clark, uh, again, if you're in a shallower league, probably not so much, but deeper leagues, stash him away and see how he goes. Yeah. Uh, Steph Martin returned from the dead. He had 119 uh, amazingly, he actually got beaten in the hitouts by Rowan Marshall. Uh, still at 22. Um, I think I'm still happy to call him gone. Uh, I'm just interested to see what happens with Brisbane next year. I reckon they might be in the market for a Ruckman and have to go after someone to to assist the big O next year. Yeah, I wasn't sure Steph Martin was still alive, so uh, good <laughs> to see him still kicking. And uh, 119 points does look nice. Uh, but, look, he's uh, going to be fine for this yeah, year, yeah. but I, I'm actually really worried about him in the long term. No, and so if you, you've got him there, uh, it's you're me danger. Both, uh, Alex Witherden, he actually remembered how to play footy as well after a very lean month. He's almost had a bit of a case of the two-and-a-half-year blues because he kind of played that you know back half of the season two years ago. Dominated last year and then it's just kind of fallen off the face of the earth. So I think the rise of Daniel Rich has really hurt him, but I'm still confident that he's going to be a fantastic long-term keeper. So don't get too nervous if you're holding with it and, and you know, you're getting a few offers there. I'd, I'd try and keep firm. Yeah, of course. Uh, coming into like your fourth year next year and Rich is getting a bit long in the tooth as well. Don't be yep. concerned. He's a, he's a fantasy gun. He seems to be one of those players who actually keeps track of his stats too, which uh, really? is what we like to say. Well, I just noticed a few times like when he's taking a kick out, he'll make a point of stepping out of the square and things Good. like that. that's so, what we uh, love. Yeah, so I don't know. You just watch a few little things that he does. Uh, I think he does actually keep track of that. <laughs> I think he's been on the, um, the the Traders podcast a few times and he's talked about, uh, yeah, how he does actually appreciate the game of fantasy football. Good. So definitely good. a good one to have on your side because he loves it. Um, and uh, Lincoln McCarthy, just a disclaimer, don't be warned by his 92. He took nine marks on the weekend and he's only done, he's he's only accumulated nine marks in his previous five games. So uh, that's an absolute anomaly, anomaly, anomaly. I can never say that word. Anomaly, anomaly. <laughs> Got it. Um, so don't worry about him. He's just basically a pressure player in the, in the line side. He's very inconsistent. I think he's probably only scoring 50s on a on his uh, average day. So he just plays his role. Don't get sucked in because uh, he's not going to do that week to week. Yeah, there's a reason they call him Link the Stink. And it's, uh, yeah, it's for his poor fantasy scoring. So don't be fooled by that you one. You heard it here first. All right, on to Port Adelaide versus Geelong. Uh, now, I'm last just going to leave the room. I'll put my microphone down. Well, I think Ken Hinckley must listen to the podcast. Because uh, he's. You've inspired Ken, yeah, have you? He's seen that. He's heard the heat and he's gone, geez, I better do something Next here. Next week he'll be drinking a big shed, you know, <laughs> prison bar beer and, you know. Have that. We should get merch done and yeah. send some to Ken. Now I'm claiming that win. That was all me. So uh, yeah, thank you very much, uh, Ken, uh, for actually pulling your finger out and uh, getting the boys over the line. So. And you might think, people, you might think that Hef's joking. He actually nah. actually believes that he won this game for all his me. Son. All me. I was uh, having a few beers in the stands and just getting around my boys. All right, uh, Ryan Burton, 110 points. 
I'm calling a case. Too good for the <clears> podcast. Very cool. Well done to those who kept him through the lean last season, but yet Ryan Burton is officially too good for the podcast. Uh, Carl Amon, the thug. Absolute thug. Getting too physical out Dirty there. Dirty Carl. Yeah. Uh, 97 points, 23 disposals, five tackles. Legitimate uh, fantasy option, which pains me to say because yeah. I don't yeah. want him in my side. He's actually playing pretty good now, so I just, you know, swallow my words. Uh, 88 from his past five as well. He's worthy of a mid-spot if you've got one there, um, but not this week because he won't be playing. I did have a question from one of our listeners uh, at the footy the other day. Is Carl Amon, does his fantasy stocks rise if he gets traded? Because there is talk that he wanted to go back to Victoria, I think. So, yeah. he's uh, is he one that actually has some fantasy game? I know as much as you don't really like him as a port player, would you hold on to him if you were an owner? I don't know if I can see him doing more than what he's doing now. Okay. But, yeah. you know, what's he averaging? 98 from his past five? That's yeah, pretty solid. Like, yeah, tick. so it's, it's decent, but mm. I don't know if it's going to be any higher. Okay. You know, these, you know, these kind of outside winger types, they don't, tend to go over 100 very often. Yeah. So I don't know if he's going to do much more than this, but, uh, you know, he's he's serviceable at the moment. Yep. Uh, Dan Houston, he wore uh, Tim Kelly like a glove. Uh, 89 points, 26 disposals and six tackles. Uh, we said it'd be okay for the short term, so it does seem to be uh, coming to fruition. Mm. It'd be interesting to see when Rocky does come back, but again, we've got another week. You get another um, week. So I think he should be fine again and um, should get those kind of run with roles, bit of time in the midfield. Um, yeah, and it could be good for him. So keep going with Dan Houston, keep putting him in your defence because he's going to be... Uh, scoring well for you. Uh, Connor Rosie, 81 points, two goals. Uh, good game from him. Uh, he's going to be a while until he scores consistently, uh, but he's got he's capable of bringing these out. So I think he just needs more time around the footy and less time stuck up forward, but that's not going to change for a while. Are you buying this Kane Corns crap that, you know, he should be the real number one draft pick or all this stuff? Wasn't that like four weeks ago when we discussed this on the pod? No, he's come, oh, come up again because... Uh, <laughs> I'm so out of touch with uh, me these days. Oh, there's some, you know, champion data or something about uh, okay. him at number one and Sydney Stack is number two and poor Sam's only number three. You know, as much as I love Kane Corns, I don't think we can uh, take, you know, too much what he says with too much credibility. No, Sam Walsh is still the... The, the goat. Uh, kind of rosy though. Is Port's leading goal scorer for the season. So That's amazing. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Hamish Hartlett, seventy-two points this week. He's a pretty consistent player. Last seven seasons, he's averaged eighty plus in five of those seasons, and he averaged seventy-nine in twenty sixteen. So we can't count it as an eighty plus, but it's very close to being eighty. So you know, one season he hasn't gone uh, gone near the eighty mark, and he's only twenty-eight too. So someone in my league said he's, he's definitely not a keeper next year. I'm like, well, why can't you keep a twenty-eight-year-old that averages eighty as a defender? Um, but anyway. Um, so I reckon he should have a good couple years left. But if you do ha- if you do have him and you're not contending anytime soon, it's probably someone good to trade off. But wait a few weeks because I reckon he will pump out a few more 80s here and there and uh, could be a good one to pick up for finals for those who are contending or those who are trying to offload him, you know, because they're not going to make finals. Just uh, wait a couple weeks because he could go okay. If his body stays right. Well, that's it. Um, his, his issues have been his hamstring and stuff. Now losing half of his uh, and a hamstring to fix his ACL probably doesn't help him even more. But if he does stay fit, he should be fine. Uh, Zach Tui, 101 points, 28 disposals. It's his first decent score of the season, working his way back into it from injury. Mm-hmm. Just hopefully there's more to come. Now, Kaze, you traded him a few weeks ago. I did, he was no yeah. good. Uh, I'm back. He's back from the dead. Look, 101's a pretty damn good score for Tui. Like, that's out of his kind of yeah. you know, realms of normality. So, um, yeah, I, I, he's still a great fantasy player and still a pretty reliable defensive option. He's obviously taken a bit of time to get into the game from that injury that he had. So um, he'll be one I'd like to watch for another couple of weeks and see what keeps happening. But uh, I'm 
Probably with the rise of Tom Stewart, it's still interesting to see how the, all that plays out in their Geelong defence. And I think this week as well, Geelong were under the pump for a lot of the game. The ball was uh, in their defence a lot of the time, so that probably helped him a bit too. So When they've been smoking teams, he's been scoring less, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. It's not actually down there, yeah. So back it up, Zach. Uh, do it again this week. Uh, Brendan Parfitt. Uh, 82 points. He seems like he's playing enough forward time at the moment to hold his forward status. So that's going to be real handy for next season. But as a 76 average, it's probably not enough good enough for a midfielder. So mm-hmm. let's just pray that he keeps that forward status. And uh, we hope Brian uh, Brendan Parfitt is uh, relevant next season. Okay, he's got plenty of talent. Brandon. 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 Yeah, went to Brandon. Brandon. Oh, God, this is getting painful. <laughs> Pam. <laughs> uh, Cam Guthrie, uh, 80 points. Uh, been a revelation this year as Hasn't a defender. Just, yeah. yeah. So, I'm sure if he'll keep his back status next season because he's, he's had that back status for a while now and he's, he's been a shitty scorer with it. Mm. Uh, now he's moved into the mid. Probably going to be uh, a midfield going forward. So, he might – this sounds crazy, but he might be one to offload to the right buyer, someone who needs a defender immediately um, and you kind of have no use for him as a defender or a, a shitty mid next year. Mm. Uh, could be one to offload. So just think about that one going forward because you could get something nice and juicy in return. Yep. All right, on to the last game of the round, Western Bulldogs versus Collingwood at the Marvel Stadium on the Sunday there. Uh, Patrick Lipinski case. Love him. Too good for the pod. 100 points, back-to-back tons. Yeah. What an absolute guru. Uh, if he's on your waivers, he shouldn't be, basically. Yep. Uh, get this guy in. Might not keep forward status next year, especially with, uh, I guess, since Libertore has gone out, he's spending a lot more time in the middle. So, just monitor that one too. But even if he is, he's going to average – well, he's averaging around that 90 mark. Um, so, he's going to be handy going forward. Uh, next guy I want to talk about is Ed Richards. Uh, he played on the wing um, a lot this game and uh, it was quite fantasy-friendly. He had 85 points from 23 disposals. I'll need to see more for him because he's only averaging in the 50s this year, but he's come back into the side this week and it does seem like a very different role for him, okay. uh, playing more in the midfield or on that wing. And it does mm-hmm. uh, it does seem to be a position that suits him. So, so he's kind of taking Magic McLean's spot. Yeah, so watch this space, I guess, with Ed Richards. Uh, there's another one there. Uh, Sam Lloyd, another solid game. He's at uh, 82 yeah. points, two he's goals. He's so good this year. Yeah, he has. Uh, yeah. Swap, she's worth swapping over and from And no one would have drafted him either. No, he's uh, available in a lot of leagues, I think. Yeah, um, yeah solid forward contributor. 87 average from his past three as well, but it's just what we're expecting of him now. So, mm. good on him. Uh, Taylor Duray. So, came back into the side and uh, posted an 80. He was scoring reasonably well before he got injured. I think he had back-to-backs on mid-70s, high-70s, um, then got injured. Uh, he's got back status, so he's going to be handy if he can get going. He's always looked like he's close to being a fantasy scorer mm. at Hawthorne, so yeah. hopefully he can kind of come back in the side and propel himself forward now as a dog and, uh, yeah, start being handy going forward. Um, for Collingwood, uh, James H, uh, 85, uh, 18 disposals, six tackles. He's had back-to-back 80s and he was scoring reasonably well early in the season but he's dropped off but he's one to keep an eye on Kayser what do you think of James Ash I've just actually been very impressed by his consistency yeah the last probably two years yeah Um, you know, one that kind of fell out of favour a lot with Collingwood fans and probably fantasy fans after he started his career pretty well at Brisbane and yeah. then dropped off. But look, he's pretty, you know, if you want a reliable defender, he, he every day of the week I'd be taking James Ace, you know. Um, would I be trading a lot for him? Not really, but he's just one of those guys you love to have in your side because, you, you know, lock him in and, you know, let him go. He just never looked like a footballer, but now he's actually holding his own in one of the best yeah. uh, best sides in the comps. So yeah. Good on him. Uh, ben Reid had 82 and kicked three goals. Uh, mm. A good score from a key forward. But, uh, you know, with the key forwards, you can't really trust them and don't get sucked in by this. But, you know, had a good game. 
Well done to uh, Ben Reid. Yeah. Uh, Braden Maynard, 75 points, nine disposals. Looked a little bit off this week. Uh, so close to being an awesome defender, though. Um, he needs to get that average up to 80. So I reckon next year will probably be his year. I reckon he can bump it up next season. He's what had a think? lot of years just teetering on that next level defender. But he hasn't had this uh, consistent opportunity, I don't think. So yeah. True, but you know he's probably he's probably been around the mark for two or three years. Yeah. I think he's you know super reliable, and if you were you know doing a redraft, he'd be you know one of your second or third defenders picked just because he's pretty damn consistent. But you know another one kind of like Aish, where I just I think you know they've got a pretty decent ceiling. Maynard's probably got a bit of a higher ceiling because he does you know kick a lot more and probably has more scope to take more kicking. So, um, but yeah, I don't write that off as a bad call. All right, uh, Braden Sire, last one we'll talk about in this segment. So he had 55 points this week and uh, he had 20 disposals but mainly handballs and he didn't have any marks. So his fantasy output wasn't the best. But what mm. was really good was the high number of uh, centre bounce attendances. Yep. Uh, thanks to the Draft Doctors for those numbers, by the way. They are absolute gold that you put up on your Twitter at the moment. So, uh, yeah, they... I would be putting a bit of faith in him despite the poor score this week because he's getting the opportunity. And he actually looks classy as well. So mm. for those few touches he had, he set up he was quite a few score involvements and things like that. So he's going to be a good player yeah. on Collingwood's side. Oh, it's all working out perfectly because, you know, Beams is still a long way off. I think Taylor Adams has got another uh, – he was re-injured or he's not coming back as quickly as he was. Yeah. So they've added another two weeks on to his return. So, you know, he's kind of got a, a free month or so of just, you know, yep. finding his form and hopefully finding a lot of fantasy points. Yeah, and hopefully he takes it because I've got a lot of faith in this guy. All right, that wraps up the round rewind and we'll move into From the Twos. into From the Twos, uh, the segment where we look at all the state league scorers, the top five from each competition. We usually start with the Sample Ks, but the uh, great state, well, it did have it did play this week, but it was a split round and Port Adelaide and Adelaide did not play this weekend. Craziness. So we'll just move straight into the Neeful Ks. Yeah. Read through some players. From uh, Roberto Fox, he had 156 for the Swans Neeful side. He's averaging just a lazy 124 this year. Uh, Tom Berry, the brother of Jared, he had 131, his best game for the season but he's only averaging that 75 so he's been a bit up and down with his two tons in there but still going alright for a first year player my boy Benny Keys, he's notched up another 100 128 for him he's averaging 109 should be around the mark of getting back into that uh, Lions side there James Robottom 124 from him he's uh, another one who's very prolific in the NEFL and you know might be one on that next level you know you're looking for a Sydney player um, Jordan Dawson like I was talking before who's got that good pedigree he's averaging 100 19 this year, so good on him. Robottom and Toby Waller, 121 from him. He's going at 110 this season. A lot of those uh, younger Brisbane players are actually carving up this season, putting mm. a lot of pressure from uh, below onto the uh, guys on the senior team. So good signs for Brisbane, but it could be some juicy fantasy players to come out of uh, I think so. the Brisbane Neeful side in the next few years. So keep your eye on them. And again, subscribe to our Patreon if you want these scores each week. Uh, onto the VFL. So we talked about Will Snelling earlier as a potential in for Orazio Fantasia. So he had 141 points on the yep. weekend, top scored for the VFL. He's averaging 121 since coming across from 
from the Sandford. I want him in. After the midfield. Yeah, so I reckon if he's on your waiver wine, you've got a spot. Just uh, cheeky little ad there because yeah. I don't reckon he's too far away. And, uh, yeah, he's going to be pretty decent. Well, hopefully he can translate this to the AFL level mm. anyway. Yeah. Uh, Matt Scharenberg. So he had a huge game on the weekend, 135 points. And, uh, yeah, we did talk about this earlier as well with uh, someone got injured, a defender. Who was it, Gaze? It was Jeremy Howe. That's right. Uh Getting injured. So he seem, does seem like the like for like to come in for him. Uh, he is coming back from, I think, his third knee reconstruction, though. Mm. And, uh, yeah, he's only had three or four weeks in the, the VFL, so it might be a bit risky. But hopefully it's time for him to come back into the side. Uh, Jordan Lewis, he had 131. Uh, go to his 106 average for the season. Uh, I don't know if he'll come back anytime soon. I think he might have done his dash with uh, the Melbourne faithful. Likely. Charlie Constable, 124. Uh, good player, good fantasy scorer. Just can't get into the side. Uh, the few ball use issues I think with that bloke and uh, Scott Selwood as well 121 uh, from 92 now there were quite a few so he's got 92 averages for this season uh, there were quite a few injuries in that game as well a few guys looking a bit uh, proppy after that so keep your eye on any of those uh, Geelong guys that might come into the side this week Kay's on to the waffle yeah uh, my boy Bailey Banfield he is dominating the waffle this year probably one of the only guys to average over 100 there he uh, had 137 on the weekend he's playing very well should be close to a Frio um Return Josh Smith 124 always is a pretty good scorer. Jared Brander youngster he had 116. Uh, Ryan Nyhouse 111. Hamish Brayshaw the brother of the other two Brayshaws he had 108 so he's showing a bit of his scoring potential. And Lockie Schultz he had 101. All right that wraps up uh, from the twos and we'll move into the captain's call. Okay, into the captain's call. So this segment, we look at uh, a few left of field captain options, some guys you wouldn't traditionally, uh, you know, consider to be the skipper, or some riskier players, I guess. Um, all right, so the first one we'll talk about is Connor Blakely. This is outrageous. <laughs> the only reason he's up there is uh, he's 116 average against Carlton. So you'd have to be really struggling to uh, put the C on him. But you know, if it was last season, you'd probably get close to uh, last season. It. He would, yeah, but yeah. he hasn't looked like it nah. this year. So the the only reason I've got him there is that average against Carlton. He does uh, score monstrous uh, against uh, Carlton. So he does go right at home as well. But yeah, he hasn't been up there this season. I think he's only averaging 73. So a uh, bit of a scary one. Anthony Miles could be another one this week. So he actually averages 112 against Sydney. So it's always been a side he scored well against. And uh, yeah, his, from his last three, he's averaging 105. So it's not the, uh, the worst form to go no, by. He's, in, he's well, one, of the, one of the best scorers for Gold Coast this yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Mitch Robinson, uh, just the reasoning being behind that is 111 average against Melbourne and uh, 92 average at the Gabba as well. So, again, someone if you need someone that you, you know, he's in good form. Yeah, he's exactly. in good form. Uh, Joel Selwood, uh, I think he's been a bit sore recently, but uh, he does have a good average against Adelaide. Average is 109 and loves playing at home too. Loves do all the cats. Mm-hmm. Pendles as well has got good average against North Melbourne and at Marvel Stadium. It's another one to consider. Ollie Wines uh, does love playing against the Bulldogs. I do actually because I've seen quite a few uh, Bulldogs versus Port Adelaide clashes at Adelaide Oval and he does always seem to stand out stands out in my mind as uh, always having a good game against them so Ollie Wines could be a captain option still side bottom been a bit uh, slower this season only averaging 96 not awful I guess but uh, 104 average against North Melbourne so a good one to consider there David Zaharakis uh, also averages 101 against GWS and Josh Kennedy averages 100 against Gold Coast and also 98 at the SCG and uh, yeah another one that's uh, probably 
probably not in the greatest form over the last three rounds, but he is averaging uh, 100 this season. So, you know, could be someone to go uh, go big there if you need a captain option to uh, help you out. Now, Case, all mm. these uh, stats and figures from the projections and from the State League uh, fantasy scores come from our Patreon group. Uh, so basically sign up for two bucks a month and uh, it helps us uh, put on the podcast. But also, you know, you get an hour episode a week and then you get all this bonus content plus bonus podcasts and stuff like that. So it's an absolute so much stuff. bargain yeah. if you want to uh, join up and help us out. And it just keeps us moving forward as well. Um, we've also got the breakout tracker that helps you, uh, mm-hmm. lets you look at players at the same point in their careers. So you compare all the up and coming youngsters to all the stars in the competition after the same amount of games, see where their rolling average is at and see how they compare. Uh, also coming up soon, I'm going to have the under 18 championships uh, fantasy scores. Very nice. So for people who want to start planning for next year or, you know, just look forward to the draft and do a bit of fantasy research from the draft, they should actually have that in their stats on the actual thing for us fantasy players, I reckon. It's good, you know, getting these out uh, shortly. It means you can kind of look at, you know, some of the TAC Cup or the yeah. Sanford under 18s and, Correct. you know, kind of have a look at some of these potential high scorers there for the rest of the year and, you know, keep you interested, especially if your team's doing shit this year. Yeah, but also if you just want to get the edge on your competition as well. So oh, the, good, yeah. the good players will be aware of who the good fantasy scorers are at the underage level and where they're coming into the AFL. You know, for example, Josh Dunkley over the last few years, James Warpole, um, lots of players out there that, uh, you know, you've kept your eye on, you draft them into your teams and they mm-hmm. start scoring pretty well pretty quickly. So always good to keep your eye on these players. Um, but we have had a, had a few new subscribers now, as nice. is tradition, we uh, read out their names on the podcast. So thank you this week to uh, Lockie, Sean and Simon Moore for uh, subscribing to our Patreon group. And, uh, yeah, hopefully there's a few more to come after that. Yeah, tip of the cap to you, gentlemen. All right, let's move on to the listener tweets. All right, guys, it's the favourite segment on the podcast, mm. the listener tweets, where our listeners get in touch with us and we try to give them some advice. So... Kays, what's the uh, the first question this week? Yeah, the first question we had this week came in via Facebook from Jake Thresher. His question is, do you think Tom McDonald could have a return to form next year? Uh, he's been dropped to the pool in our league, and although we are only an eight-team league, I've probably got a spot for him. Zach Butters or Mitch Wallace, what would you be going with out of those three, Hef? Oh, well, I touched on this before. I'd be sceptical if he does get back to the heights of uh, 2018. Mm-hmm. You, like, no, as, as I said, you, you see a lot of key position players popping up and having those big seasons. Taylor Walker was one you mentioned earlier, so that was a, a good example. But then I guess, yeah, there's, there's quite a few players out there that have done it previously. Um, I don't trust Melbourne to score big enough for him to be relevant either. So I guess losing Hogan really hurt him because yeah, it, it kind of takes the – it took the heat off him a lot more and he could kind of get around. Now he's the number one key forward and there's just he's getting so much attention it's really hurting him so you know potentially if Melbourne makes some moves in the off season maybe get another key in to help him or there's a rise from one of their younger stars or something like that like a Wiedemann yeah or like Proust comes in and starts Mm. helping him out I don't know Um, but for now I'd be pretty sceptical about him getting back to uh, last year's heights who would you take out of those three uh, sorry for him Butters or Wallace that's a hard one actually probably out of those three Oh, I'd probably actually take him out of those three. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Out of those three, probably. But I'll be. Yeah, I'm just still not sure he'll get back to that uh, that form. That's big. Hef actually turned down a port player. Yeah. Well, Butters. I don't know. He just doesn't play the fantasy role. It's that small forward, half forward role. And uh, Wallace is pretty inconsistent. So yeah, true. 
All right, uh, Jeremy Bird, uh, McLean, a good buy low candidate, always an unknown with Bevo Roulette. What do you mm. think, Case? Uh, yes, yeah, spinning the wheel of Bevo Roulette. Uh, look, I think he actually is a good buy low t- candidate. So obviously he has had he's had a down twenty nineteen. We all know that. But if you look back last year, he was a ninety five average forward and he was an eighty six. Uh, averaging for the year prior so you know they're nothing to sneeze at um, as that position um, obviously that Bevo factor certainly hurts you know we've seen it with Dunkley who scored shit at the start of the year then has come hot you know McRae's had his down weeks Libra's been good then bad and then you see someone like Paddy Lipinski come in and potentially he's kind of gone past him in their whole midfield mix and that kind of thing so there's definitely a bit of um, a bit of a worry there but you know McLean's still only 23 years old he's a good player he's highly rated around the comp so I reckon if you can get in for cheap i don't think there's anything lost in my opinion there uh buy very low for mine but, very uh, low yeah like there's not oh, you know you know he's got good pedigree and he's still young 23 bit of time, i know but just you know don't give up too much for him uh said so i think if it's a buy low I'd, yeah. I'd be getting involved you know especially yeah. if you've got you know nothing to lose now this one from chodo five uh how hard would you go for sire beams and burton question mark now i'm not sure if he's asked actually would he trade Beams and Burton for Sire, or how hard would you go for these three players? Well, if you were trading Braden Sire for Dane Beams and Ryan Burton, I would not be giving up <laughs> both of those for Sire. Uh, look, I think Sire is obviously going to be a pretty good player, but you know Burton has uh, really kind of come on this year and as a defender, and he's going to keep that status for quite a while because he's definitely playing in the defence for Port. I think you know basically that's almost a fair swap, or you're probably losing if you get rid of Burton. I think. I think I would not be trading both of them. I wouldn't be going that hard for Sire. I think Sire is um, good. Um, you know, if you could get him for Beams, I'd go for it because I think Beams is, you know, probably in the twilight and we might have seen the best of him, unfortunately. But uh, I think Burton's pretty good. So, it's just where, you, where you're balancing up and where you're, you're, um, you're – side light lays I suppose in terms of your midfield and defence mix yeah and if you are asking which three you should go hard for I'd go hard for Burton out of those three yep agreed alright uh, another one from Chodo do you lads have any update on Aaron Hall he's trolled the internet and can't find anything Nah, I did, uh, I did call a few doctors and hospitals in Melbourne, but no one was willing Good to give on me you, Mark any, Stevens, yeah. any information. Uh, Tom Brown, maybe. Um, but yeah, Hall was, I know Hall was injured a couple of weeks ago against Williamstown, the VFL. He landed uh, awkwardly uh, in a marking contest, I think it was, and there was footage of him on Twitter uh, coming off, so he was stretched off. Um, they thought it might be season en- uh, end- ending, but we haven't heard anything from North Melbourne since, so I'm not 100% sure what's going on. Still a t- TBC, I think. Yeah, interesting what's going on there with him. Um, from Dan Kay, uh, should I offer Wits and Bontempelli for Grundy? I'm in the premiership window and have a very deep midfield. I'm very happy with Wits, but would love to somehow get Grundy. I love his ceiling and his consistency. I may have to add another premium to get Grundy. I yeah, I personally don't think it's worth it to give no. up another premium plus those two to get Grundy. I just look at it as you're giving up 200 points per game for 120 points per game. Yeah. Um, you know, Grundy's an absolute gun, but you can make do with wits, and you know, Bond's going to be pretty sweet. Yeah, if the time to come, and yeah, it's yeah, Rucks are funny because if you don't have Grundy or Gorn, it doesn't really matter. Like, no, it doesn't. Yeah, yeah, at all. And wits would be my third pick for yeah. sure. Like, oh, I've got wits in. Yeah. Um, you know, a couple of other leagues, and I'm happy as happy as Larry with him because yeah. he's just super reliable. Um, hardly ever gets injured. And yes, 
it's unfortunate, you know, only one guy can have Tom Mitchell, only one guy can have Brody Grundy, you know, that's how yeah. it kind of works. You can't all have them all. Um, but as Hef said, I think that's the best way of putting it. You're giving up basically 200 points a week for 120. Who else are you getting in that's, you know, supplementing well, what that? are you bringing off your bench? Exactly. And that's where yeah. you got to do some maths. And I, I don't think it's worth it. Yeah. No, look, if you don't have Grundy or gone, you just make up the points in other areas and you're making that up with Bonds and Pelly. So, yep. that's how you win that situation. And uh, no, I wouldn't be doing that. All right. Uh, Dale Travers, uh, mm. Trav014. Uh, tip, keep an eye on C. Maynard in the VFL, Melbourne. We've got our own scouts out there. Hef. Well, he I think he was quite high on the breakout tracker as well. Ah. So, he's, uh, I think he's played a couple games at AFL level and they were significantly above the average of any other player that has played two games apart from Jackson Hately, nice. obviously. So, um, yeah, just keep your eye on that one. But uh, another thing from uh, Trav, uh, surely Scooter Selwood is close after Geelong's performance dominating the VFL or did they just come up against a too powerful power? Hashtag save Ken. Well, now that you're back on the Ken Hinckley bandwagon, <laughs> you're probably the best, uh, you know, work. Hey, look, let's not go that far. We did beat Melbourne and Richmond at the height of their uh, seasons last year. And we still missed the final. So. Uh, surely Scott Selwood's not coming back in. I just think he's really superfluous to their needs this yeah. season. He, uh, Agree. Yeah, he's, um, I think he's on the scrap heap. I think Trav might be a, a Selwood owner. I uh, really 100% know Trav is a Selwood owner. <laughs> <laughs> so, he's speaking with his heart, not his head there, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you think the likelihood, sorry, this is from Russ2468, what do you think the likelihood is of Darcy McPherson retaining forward status next year? As a casual observer, he seems to be getting a lot of mid-time. Now, as a DMAC owner, I can't see him keeping it personally. I think he's become a pretty important cog in their midfield. Although the, the hope that we have is that Ultimate Footy always do have a few generous, you know, allocations of, um, you know, who gets forward, defence, yeah. that kind of thing. So, potentially he's one that just kind of retains it as a bit of a gift um, you know someone like Devin Smith kept it last year after really not playing too much forward so fingers crossed there but I also don't really see a reason why he'd be getting rid of him because I think he's got heaps of upside he's got uh, a pretty decent ceiling from what we can see so you know if he does lose that forward status I'd be pretty happy keeping him as a young midfielder with some potential to keep going bigger yeah and hopefully you are gifted with that uh, forward status next season yeah uh, from S. Michael 2001, uh, what on earth is going on with Broadbent? Have you heard any news coming out of South Australia? Hef, you're the man from Port with your ear on the ground. What do you know? Nah, nothing new from the initial reports, just the mental health issues that he's uh, currently suffering for, and we hope he uh, gets better and recovers soon. Indeed. Um, but yeah, with what to do with him, uh, probably I reckon it's probably time to cut your losses, though. Yeah. Um, you should be able to find someone to average that mid-70s in the draft next season. So if you've been holding on to him, yes, he does potentially potentially score well, but uh, if you're cutting it fine with your keepers, it's probably time to put him back and pick up 100 other yeah. guys out he's, there. He's no spring thing. chicken either, so, yeah. you know, it's probably, you know, you need to, as you said, cut your losses and go from there. Yeah, of course. Um, all right, moving on to James plays FS. Uh, Lockie Fogarty, worth a stash in a rebuilding keeper team. Kays, what do you think? Well, yeah, hopefully we get to see him uh, play footy this week in the AFL. He's been pretty solid in the twos and obviously he's probably just been hurt with Gary Rowan and Luke Dalhouse coming to that side this year so you know potentially if Rowan goes out this week we can see him come in he looks really high quality but it just seems that no Fogarty can really get any luck with uh, either Geelong or Adelaide this year Uh, Darcy or Lockie just can't get a game but uh, I think he's a great stash option Um, hopefully we can see the best of him 
towards the end of this year and then next year we work into that third year breakout which is the money year yeah another bloke is in his second year but Fogarty does have some good fantasy pedigree in the underage stuff coming into the game so yeah mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to seeing him he did play most of last season but I think he missed a couple games and played the rest of the season mm-hmm. so shows that they rate him I think just being injured at the start of this year and then the new recruits just absolutely flying for Geelong this year has held him out a bit yep. but I think he will uh, take it with both hands when he does come back on the side so let's uh, fingers crossed that he comes back in and starts dominating this week. Yep. Uh, Rory O'Brien, our boy R. Bright, 19 La Weapon. Um, with it being the run home, do you boys have any prime sell high slash buy low candidates? I'm thinking of off off of offloading guys like Mundy and Luke Parker. Cheers. Hef, what do you got? Uh, with someone like Mundy especially, it's uh, probably getting that time in the career where, you you know, if you're not contending, you try to uh, yep. yeah, offload. Luke Parker, I don't know. He's not super old. Luke, and uh, He's only, you know, 25. Yeah, and yeah. He's been playing some really good footy. And especially uh, with someone like Josh Keeney getting towards the end, I think he just kind of steps up. He's that. Uh, what I love about Luke Parker is he just, he kicks goals, he tackles, he gets those marks. Like, and he, always seems to give a shit so I think he always wants to enforce himself on the game so I think uh, I'd be holding on to him as opposed to a Monday. Yeah and I just had a quick squeeze at some uh, sell high and buy low candidates uh, just as I was about to leave work today and uh, yeah sell high for me I guess Travis Boak would be one I'd sell on. It sounds crazy but he's going to be 31 at the end of this season. Won't be a forward next year. Having a career year now I, just, I can just see it going backwards sometime soon so yep. you should be able to offload him for something decent. Same <laughs> likewise Basher Hurley is having a great season right now but yep. again Again, someone who might not even be around next season. So, yeah, uh, yeah one to offload. And same with Josh Kennedy from Sydney. Not as bad, but, uh, you know, with this form, I don't know how long it's going to last for with a few of these Sydney youngsters overtaking him and that. Exactly. So. you got your Florence and your Mills and your these Dawson's, kind of guys. Yeah, Jordan Dawson's. And your James Rowbottoms. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and your buy lows. Uh, the two I had that I kind of found uh, out were like Lockie Hunter. I think yep. he's only averaging mid-90s this uh, season. He's probably capable of 10 points per game better than that. Correct. And Severos is having an absolute stinker, but mm. he did show some form on the weekend so yep. you might want to jump in maybe uh, uh, Gus Brayshaw as well could be another buy yep. low but yep. uh, I'd like to see just a change in his role from a, from a Melbourne point of view before mm-hmm. we do that but I think he's probably another good buy low candidate too all right, uh, last tweet of the night. So, at Jim Bob Holder, uh, own Devon in a keeper league. So, Devon Smith, that is. Uh, value, question mark. Being offered Perryman and Langford. Concerned that his value can only go down from now. Kays, what do you think as the Devon Smith owner and the Bombers yeah, fan? Well, I do love little Fritz, but um, I think this trade would be actually very appealing for me if this came across my uh, trade table. Yeah. Um, I've got a lot of time for Harry Perryman. I think he's... Um, a fantastic young prospect uh, should be keeping his defender status next year and I think next year is the year where he might take it up to the next level you know potentially with the de- uh, departure of someone like a Cornelio or, or that kind of thing might move Whitfield into the midfield more and then that means Perryman's got you know the free back half there to, to dominate and I do have a lot of time for Langford he's been a bit frustrating this year but in terms of a two for one for a guy who's you know probably had one you know ridiculously amazing year Body hasn't really recovered that well. What's it look like going forward? I'd, I'd entertain that trade, I think. Yeah, I think if you end up holding, like it could be a win either way, I think, because Devin Smith, you hold him, I think he's probably going to come back and return to form mm-hmm. next season. Might not keep his forward status for that much longer, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Um, Perryman, I've 
got little doubt that he's going to be, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm confident that he's going to be okay mm. um, as a fantasy scorer. And then you get Langford on top of that, who's, a, you know, a bit of a steak knife there. But yep. I wouldn't be too – like, either way, you're going to be all right with this trade, I think. So, yeah. Um, yeah, one to look into. But if you think Devin Smith can get back to those heights of last season and you think it's kind of guaranteed to happen, you might just want to reconsider trading him. But, yep. yeah, could go either way. Uh, and then we've got an iTunes review this week, Hef. Uh, someone from called Spontaneous Trade. Love that name. Uh, the review is, what a podcast. Great banter. Useful info. And Hef is saying, I'm a lot less more. Well, It's, it's actually well something I, I really concentrate on while we're well, doing this. Well done. Thank you. Uh, I say R instead, actually. Yeah, so he's difference. just replaced it. Yeah, yeah. Just, he's just, he needs advice. <laughs> uh, moving on. Uh, jokes <laughs> aside, uh, I love this podcast and it's helping me climb the ladder to fantasy football success. Keep up the great work. Thanks so much for that review spontaneous trade um and as we always say each week uh itunes reviews help bump us up the the leaderboard there or whatever it's called the the rating the chart the chart um so if you can flick us a little uh four or five star review and even just leave a little comment that means uh fantastic stuff for us and potentially spreads the word to a few more people all right let's wrap up the podcast so like every week we want to uh draw some traffic to our website so head to keepleaguepod.com.au our patreon stuff's up there if you're a patreon subscriber you can grab from there but the yeah there's also um yeah a few few different bits and pieces there for you to have a look at um hit us up on facebook and twitter at keeper league pod and i don't know okay we guess we'll spruik the uh, patreon again patreon.com slash keeper league pod yep anything else to add from you no, excited to get back to nine games of footy this week and actually have some uh, fantasy football to play. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm gonna miss the, the spare time I had I think uh, over the buy rounds, but now I'm back to sitting in front of the TV and watching a shitload of football. Nothing wrong with that. No, nah, it doesn't actually sound that bad, does it? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot worse things in life. All right, uh, thanks for listening to this, and we'll talk to you uh, next week. See you then.